Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Hello, my name is Dr. Ben Thompson. I'm an audiologist and specializing in tinnitus since 2018 in California. My particular interest with tinnitus is focusing on correct diagnosis, understanding the different causes and subtypes, as well as the different therapies and treatments that are effective based on the different cause of why someone may have the condition. Today, I plan to give an update on a few things. Number one is the Phonak Paradise hearing devices that are for tinnitus as well as hearing loss and how our telehealth practice at Treble Health talks about the pros and the cons of those particular devices and how they work for tinnitus and hearing conditions. Uh, number two, I'll give an update on Autonomy's Odo 313 research, critiquing the results to date and talking about anticipated findings that are on the horizon. And then the third piece of today's presentation will be about linear as a bimodal stimulation for tinnitus, the theoretical basis, current research status, and my comments about the clinically significant improvement outcomes, whether they are there, whether they are not there. I will get into that today. A brief introduction to myself for those who do not already know is that I worked in California for a number of years and had an interest in working with tinnitus because it uses our psychology, because it's not just a physical condition, because it takes the mental, emotional, psychological component to succeed and help habituate with tinnitus. That was part of my initial interest in the field as an audiologist who decided to specialize in this. I completed a, a residency program at University of California, San Francisco, UCSF, was very focused on tinnitus patient. And we had a patient on my schedule to see me for a tinnitus consultation in San Francisco. And on their medical record, it said that they were coming from Lake Tahoe, California. And that's about a four or five hour drive. So I questioned to the patient, did you really come from Lake Tahoe all the way to San Francisco for this appointment? It's quite a long drive. And they said, yes. They said that they went to their primary doctor who didn't have much information for them. Them. They went to their ENT physician and ENT ear, nose, and throat clinic, and they were evaluated for tinnitus, but didn't feel like they were taken too seriously. And suddenly they were left to figure this out on their own. Well, that person went on the internet and looked for a tinnitus specialist. They ended up driving to San Francisco. We had an appointment that was very helpful to them gave them advice, gave them a clear path forward on how to reduce this condition and tools that can be used and therapies that can be used to help with it. They left very satisfied. And at that moment, it was a light bulb that went off in my mind that while serving the tinnitus community, which is my biggest passion as an audiologist, is so well fit for working in the telehealth space when technology can help us perform the appointments, provide excellent care, use the best practice therapies available online from a distance. That was a seed that was planted in my head when I was in San Francisco. Years later, I was ready to start a YouTube channel focusing on tinnitus, so providing educational information to help those in the community, as well as provide one-on-one -on -one therapy and counseling. Now, about two and a half years later, after deciding to start that, with COVID really accelerating the adoption of 
online healthcare, telehealth. And what we've done since is start a, a company called Tribal Health that specializes in tinnitus that is a fully remote nationwide telehealth company. So that's my introduction. And I'll now get into the pros and cons of different hearing devices one can consider on the ear for tinnitus. So when you consult an audiologist, one of the most common recommendations is to consider ear level sound therapy. And over the years, I've published a lot of tinnitus success stories, patients either I've worked with personally, or I've been introduced to, or they've worked with another audiologist on our team. On my YouTube channel, there's a lot of success stories. It's important that one realizes even if someone's had tinnitus for weeks, months, or years, there's still improvements that can be had because tinnitus is not a set in stone structural damage. That's the forever level in your ears. Tinnitus is a neurological condition, which means it can fluctuate and get better over time because it's not a set in stone condition. So with that, one of the major recommendations that can take place with the care of an audiologist are devices on the ears. And perhaps you've tried these already. Perhaps you haven't. If I think about what are the major tools, what are the major therapies that do help most patients? Varying degrees of effectiveness for how much it reduces tinnitus, but as a whole, what what tools and techniques really help the tinnitus patient? I would say the few that come to mind, the few strong ones that come to mind would be tinnitus maskers, which could be also called ear level sound generators. They could also be hearing aids that are programmed for tinnitus. Those are right at the top of that list, followed by cognitive therapy, one-on-one -on -one cognitive therapy to reduce the emotional intensity of tinnitus and its connection to the emotional brain. That would be number two in no particular order. And number three, meditation, self-help, breathing, calming the anxiety centers of the brain naturally without the help of a professional. Breathing, meditation, those kinds of things. Altogether, I see those as the major tools that help most people. So I'll talk a bit more about the hearing aids, hearing devices, tinnitus maskers piece of this. This is a way to have sound therapy. And for those who have heard that term before, you may have gone on YouTube or online and searched sound therapy, and you may listen to some files or some just some recordings of white noise, pink noise, different kinds of sounds, natural water sounds, beeps and boops. There's different kinds of sound therapies that are listed online. Professionally in our industry, we know that there's a few different types of sound therapy that are recommended to be worn on the ear. The most common of which would be white noise or pink noise. So the white noise sound can help reduce the perception of the ringing in your ears or in your head. Oftentimes there's an immediate relief factor in one of our patients in our community describes it as as soon as they put the devices in the ears, it was like they were shaving the tip off of the iceberg. So there's still the tinnitus, but right immediately they were able to take some of the edge off. And that's a pretty common response for someone who's using tinnitus maskers in the ears for the first time. The other kinds of sounds that can be used might be certain kinds of sound therapy techniques. For example, for those who are considering hearing aids, some of the more popular hearing aids are called Phonak Paradise. We have a lot of experience using those. They're great because they are Bluetooth, they're rechargeable. You can have remote adjustments from your audiologist from the comfort of your own home. However, there are other hearing aids like the Widex hearing aids that have Zen tones, which are more musical based sound therapy. There's no science that 
I'm aware of, that we're aware of, that says the Zen tones are more beneficial than pink noise or white noise. In fact, it's typically recommended that patients, and it's typically recommended by audiologists to have white noise or pink noise consistently, as opposed to some of these musical tones. However, both can work, and I want you to explore what works best for you. So that's a quick summary of why certain patients prefer, let's say, the Phonak Paradise hearing aids or tinnitus maskers for their tinnitus, as opposed to other competitive devices. Really what's most important here is that you get quality devices that can play sound therapy on your ears and that you have a tinnitus specialized audiologist who can program them and adjust them as needed. That's the most important thing here. If you have the best hearing aids, but a mediocre or poor provider or a professional programming them, they probably won't sound great. Even if they're the most expensive hearing aids in the world, you do need them to be tuned up properly. Just like if you had the most expensive piano in the world, but it wasn't tuned up correctly, it wouldn't sound very good. Similarly, you really should consider what devices are going to be used on your ears for a longer term period, typically months, sometimes up to a year or more. A common question about sound therapy is, do I have to wear these forever? And the answer is no. You typically use the sound therapy on the ears to get you through this habitual period. And for most people, that is between six and 18 months. It can happen sooner. We certainly have seen that, but to manage the expectations of that habituation period, that's typically where you can look at. Does your tinnitus go to zero after that? No. I have tinnitus. My tinnitus is a low level. So some people ask me, is your tinnitus cured or has it completely gone away? And my tinnitus is not cured. It hasn't ever gone away, but it's at a low enough level where it's not an issue in my life. And it only rarely ever has been for me personally. But for those that we help, for those that are really struggling with tinnitus, we know that there's a period of time, whether it's weeks, months, a year, depends, that this can be the primary challenge in one's life or a, a major stress in one's life. So because of that, take it seriously, get the right help, seek a tinnitus specialized audiologist to guide you through that and really commit to sound therapy if you haven't already. If we look at all the success stories, if we look at all the positive stories for tinnitus, as I'm seeing them, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree, you can let me know in the comment here, You know, leave a comment here if you disagree. Most success stories have sound therapy on the ears involved, whether it's tinnitus maskers or hearing aids. Even if your hearing is in the normal range and you're working on habituating to tinnitus, there is benefit of having sound therapy ear level provided over time. If you have hearing loss plus tinnitus, you're not only getting the sound therapy, white noise or pink noise, you're also getting a boost in terms of amplification and that helps the brain reduce the tinnitus perception over time as well. We're going to now switch and change the subject a bit to the status of autonomies. Odo 313 Research, I did make a full comprehensive video about this and I want to give an update. As we had shared earlier, it's treating tinnitus is not only one device, it's not only one approach. In fact, we want to use anything that can help. That's what our team does when we pair you with an audiologist, for example, is that we're providing an audit or an assessment of what could help you. And let's systematically go through that process and determine, could that be medical tests? Could that be therapies? Could that be treatments? Odo 313 is still considered an experimental approach because it's in a research phase. So the backstory here is that in 2020, 
2020, a pharmaceutical company called Autonomy has been the pioneer of a drug delivered to the ear, which reported some positive results in patients with unilateral tinnitus in just one year of at least a moderate severity. And the trial demonstrated a positive response with a single injection through the eardrum. In the trial, 43% of patients reported a clinically significant improvement at both week four and week eight compared to only 13% of placebo patients. That was a significant difference enough for them to keep studying. Now that by itself isn't amazing. You know, only 40% of patients got better. Well, compared to other scientific studies, that's not great, but it was worth studying more to understand what's going on. The specific drug uses a compound that's designed to decrease the overactivation of damaged auditory nerve fibers near the cochlea, the hearing organ. So that drug is called Odo313 and it's going into the inner ear following a single injection. So recently in February of 2022, Autonomy announced that the uh, phase two trial was fully enrolled and ahead of schedule. Phase two involved a more expanded population of patients. Before it was just tinnitus in one ear. Now they're looking to make the study more robust and the researchers are just changing the minimum amount of of disturbance or the minimum level of intensity that someone has to have, essentially allowing more milder cases to enter the study, as well as how much time they've had tinnitus for. So this is a randomized double-blind trial, meaning that in terms of tinnitus, this is excellent to have a true double-blind test because you don't know what's going in your ear. Is it the actual active compound or is it just a you know saline solution or something like this? Historically, this has been really tough to measure placebos with tinnitus just because if it was ever sound treatment, you would hear the sound. But with this one is different, so you are able to get a more objective test. The participants for this drug will either receive an active compound in the ear or placebo, and the results from this phase two study are expected sometime in 2022. We're happy to share that Autonomy is now currently evaluating the safety for higher doses of Odo313, as well as bilateral dosing, meaning in both ears. So together, this clinical data is expected to have an end of phase two review and checking in with the FDA uh, drug administration to determine what is the future plan here and is this safe enough? Is this effective enough to be potentially FDA approved one day? We'll keep monitoring this into 2023 and keep you all updated on Odo313 by the research company Autonomy. Now we're going to switch it up and transfer over to an update on Lanier. So for those of you who have been following different tinnitus treatment options for different research, uh, you may have come across Dr. Susan Shore out of Michigan in the United States. You may have come across Dr. Hubert Lim out of Minnesota in the United States. And then you have uh, who also is connected with the Lanier group out of Neuromod out of Ireland. So this is studying bimodal stimulation where there's stimulation of the ear through sound and there's stimulation through another nerve in the body at the same time consistently through repeated actions that can train the brain to habituate faster or better potentially. That's what's being studied. And there's the recent research is looking at different ways to introduce this to the market or to the, to the professional industry about ways to administer bimodal stimulation in a way that is safe and evidence-based. So just some more details there is that Lanier specifically has headphones over the ear and they use bimodal stimulation through the tongue and the ears at the same time. The device stimulates the trigeminal nerve by putting something on the tip of the tongue and simultaneously stimulates the auditory system 
with sound therapy via headphones. So Lanier works by delivering those mild electrical pulses to the ear, which is through something they call a tongue tip. And we spoke with their researchers on this. They said, no, it doesn't shock your mouth or anything. It feels sort of like pop rocks if you've ever had that candy. So some light tingling, but nothing more than that. And the aim here is to have long-term changes or neuroplasticity in the brain to treat tinnitus. So Lanier is recommended to be used for 30 to 60 minutes per day over a minimum of 12 weeks. Now, when I say it's recommended to be used, Used, I mean, during the during the clinical trials, during these more recent experiments, it's still early and linear, even though it is exciting, it's, it's not considered a breakthrough treatment in my eyes, in the sense that it doesn't eradicate tinnitus. It does not quickly get your tinnitus down to you know, one out of 10, two out of 10 levels. However, it can have a place and the way that we counsel our patients about how to use it potentially will be important. So just a quick update here is that Lanier recommends a specific timeline where the initial six-week period is going to be the most important. After that six-week period, there's a review with your audiologist or other healthcare professional on if the device is working or not. And then if it is showing signs of uh, progress or the team decides to continue, then there will be another six-week period of using the device. A typical protocol might involve wearing it for 30 and using it for 30 minutes in the morning, as well as 30 minutes in the evening, or whenever you have an hour during your day. So the most recent update on Lanier is that in March 2022, there was an independent study performed out of Hanover, Germany, which found that 85% of tinnitus patients experienced a reduction in their tinnitus symptoms based on the THI score, which looked at 20 patients using the Lanier device. That was similar to Lanier's 86% outcome in their TENT-A1 study. So the problem with that, with those numbers is that, in my opinion, they make it seem like Lanier is going to significantly reduce tinnitus in 85% of cases. However, as an independent scientist and clinician who does not want someone to be you know, miseducated or misled on the potential benefit from this device, I wanted to get into the details and study it further. So the problem here is that they're reporting 85% of tinnitus patients get better out of this study. Well, looking more closely into it, only 10 patients, 50% of them achieved clinically significant benefit, which exceeds the minimum clinically important difference for the questionnaire that was used to measure tinnitus. So the THI, the tinnitus handicap inventory, this is something that we measure the effectiveness of treatment. And if it's seven points, if it's more than seven points, then it's considered that was a significant change. And why is that? Well, tinnitus can fluctuate, as you all know. You can, and let me, let me know in the comment here, let me know below. I want to know, does your tinnitus change on a daily basis? Does it, do you have some good days, some bad days, or is it always constant, always the same? Depending on when you might take a questionnaire, it could fluctuate a few points, but there's been researchers that determined, okay, if it fluctuates more than seven points on this particular questionnaire, then it is a real difference. It's clinically significant, meaning that doctors care about it because it's doing something good. So the good thing here for this study, even though it was only 50% clinically significant, the good thing is that the mean duration of tinnitus that was tested was 9.3 years. So across the 20 patients, people had tinnitus for quite a while. They weren't just measuring early stages of tinnitus where we know there's often a natural habituation period that occurs even without 
intense treatment. The challenges in this kind of research are that measuring clinically significant improvement has to go against natural habituation. So you have to be careful of when you're testing, how long people have had tinnitus to just be aware of this study out of Germany. It does pass my sniff test. It does pass the sniff test of audiologists at Treble Health who are looking at this individually. But Lanier is not likely a breakthrough device that's going to help more than 50% 50 of individuals who need it or who need treatment. So the implications here are that I still recommend that you focus on the foundational approach to tinnitus, which involves sound therapy, plus one-on-one cognitive retraining, cognitive therapy. That's the foundational approach. From there, there's definitely an opportunity to experiment with different treatments, some natural, some holistic, and some more hard scientific and clinical like Lanier. If your audiologist that you're working with, either via telehealth with us or in person locally, if they approve that your foundational tinnitus treatment is sufficient, then Lanier can be used as a supplemental therapy. I have no problem with that. However, we always want to check the expectations to make sure they're in line with what the science is really showing. So it does cost thousands of dollars, right? It's looking like the price will be between two and $3,000 when it's released in the United States. We're going to closely monitor the incoming data regarding Lanier. At the moment, it's only available in Western Europe. It's not currently available in the United States as it's still in the process of seeking FDA approval. So with that, I invite you all to think that there is work there are current resources and tools for tinnitus, one of the biggest ones being hearing aids like the Phonak Paradise hearing aids that we work with at Treble Health. We see every day that they're helping patients reduce their tinnitus in the moment, as well as helping with the habituation process long-term. Number two here is that there's research into different pharmaceutical and different kinds of approaches that are going to reduce tinnitus. And autonomy is, is an example of a truly objective test, a double blind study that's able to be used through this pharmaceutical company to determine if that research and if that technique can be used for certain kinds of tinnitus. So that's good. We are hopeful and we're always glad to see these kinds of research initiatives taking off and continuing on to get us closer towards better treatments and research towards a cure for tinnitus. Finally, we talked about Lanier, which is bimodal stimulation. This is the newest tinnitus treatment. Unfortunately, when we look back over the decades, there's been various tinnitus treatments that have come out to look promising and they may make some of us very hopeful, but then they don't seem to last for more than a few years and the businesses come and they go. So you always have to be weary with these kinds of tinnitus treatments so that you as the consumer so that you as the patient, so that us as a community are really getting behind treatments that work and understanding the implications and the pros and cons of various treatments and solutions. So with that, that's my presentation for today. If you have questions, you can share them on YouTube. We go through all of our comments and respond. We also have a team of telehealth audiologists at Treble Health, where you can find us by searching for us on the internet to have a free consultation and get up to speed with what are your options for tinnitus, the correct diagnosis, understanding the cause and the subtype, and then different therapies or treatments from there. My name is Dr. Ben, and I thank you all for having me here, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for watching today's video with Treble Health. Check out our next video by clicking the button on this screen or another recommended video. And if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. See you on the next video. 
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.